Church of Christ presents Face to Face, the reflection by the Reverend Jennifer Garrison, presented on Sunday, August 6, 2023. I want to tell you a story. Once there were two brothers. They'd been fighting for so long. They'd been fighting for so long that their mother said that she could remember when they were in utero and she could feel them wrestling. When they were born, the first one was covered with coarse red hair, and they named him Fuzzball. And the second one, the second twin, was born hanging on to his heel with all, he could, with, all he could, with all his might. And they called that one Grasper. Fuzzball and Grasper grew up not exactly enemies, but baffled by each other's intentions and desires. Fuzzy followed his father into the hunting grounds while Grasper preferred to stay in the tents with the women when he could. One day, when the two were strong young men, Fuzzy came home from a hunting trip and he smelled the beautiful soup that Grasper was cooking. And Fuzzy cried, I'm starving, give me some of that. Fuzzy wasn't much with words. But Grasper was. He was a thinker and a talker. And he said, all right, I'll give you some of this soup. But first you have to give me everything that is due to you as the firstborn, all your inheritance. Fuzzy said, what difference does my inheritance mean to me now? He was young, remember? What difference does it mean to me now? I'm going to starve if you don't give me that soup. And so they swapped the soup for the inheritance. Many years passed, and the twins were middle-aged men now, still strangers to each other, their father old and sick. Fuzzy, still with the silly name of his childhood, went to see his father as his father lay dying. And his father said, bring me some of that delicious food, that tender meat that only you know how to prepare for me. Do this, the father croaked, and I will bless you. But Grasper, with the help of his mother, dressed his smooth arms in goat skins so they would seem furry like his brother's. And he brought his, his father a last meal instead. And so their father blessed Grasper instead of Fuzzy. And in the manner of some parents, could not see a way to share a blessing between the boys. But what good was all this scheming? In the end, Grasper feared he would be killed so irate was Fuzzball, and so he left for the night, taking only his staff, and he traveled until he came to the place where his mother's people lived. There, Grasper lived and worked and married, but that's a story for another time, because now we come to the story for today. More decades have passed, 
And now Grasper and Fuzzball, or Jacob and Esau, as we say their names, were old men, like their father had been on that long ago day when he blessed the wrong son. And God's word came to Grasper Jacob, it's time to go home. A reconciliation, a reunion, a reckoning, whatever it was, Grasper Jacob took everything he had earned all those years away, and he headed back. He's still a schemer, even in his old age, good old Grasper. There were all these shenanigans where he sent gifts ahead of him to Fuzzy, carefully timed to be received in the best manner so that maybe his life would be spared. And then at last, as we heard this morning, he sent his family ahead of him. And all that he had made, all that he had worked to earn, the legacy of his life, he sent ahead of him. And that's where we find him in today's story, alone on the riverbank, wrestling with a messenger from God in the middle of the night, until at last they stood face to face, these two strivers, and Jacob once again asking for and receiving a blessing, a real one this time, one designed just for him. There's a lot in this story and a lot that could be said about forgiveness, about healing of generational trauma, about letting go of your possessions so you can meet God, even about the midnight wrestling that so many of us have done, asking, who am I and who are you? The way when we really wrestle with God that we walk away limping a little, like Jacob, whose hip was forever put out of joint by the encounter. But what I want to talk to you about are the words at the very, very end of the story, the words that may seem small and inconsequential, coming as they do after all this action. And he named the place Peniel, for he said, I saw God face to face, and my life was spared. There are 7,000 words, more or less, in Biblical Hebrew, compared to 172,000, more or less, in modern English. And so every word in Biblical Hebrew is deep and heavy. It has to carry a lot of weight and a lot of meaning. So peniel comes from several, has several different meanings. The verb pana means to turn toward. The word panima means to turn inside. So to turn inside and to turn toward are connected and related. The verb's primary derivation, according to the Eberim Bible Dictionary, is the plural noun panim, literally meaning inclinations or turnings. The noun pinna means a corner and is commonly used to describe where a wall makes a turn, coming around a corner, seeing a new thing. So Jacob met God's messenger at Peniel here in the place where a new thing is seen, here in a place where a corner is turned, here in a place where God is met face to face and is seen 
unknown. As a spiritual director, it is one of the great honors of my life that I get to witness people in Peniel all the time, turning, coming around a corner, looking face to face. Spiritual direction is a relational process in which a trained spiritual guide, which is me, listens to and companions someone who desires a deeper relationship with God. As we move through this relationship, we discover how we can be more like Christ, how we can embody Christ more within us. As a spiritual director, I'm trained to listen and discern and to ask questions. I pay attention to a person's story and to the spirit. And as a way to encourage spiritual growth, it's not counseling it's not friendship or mentoring or teaching. Spiritual direction is a commitment to discover what God is doing. A commitment to discover what God is doing in a person's life. Now, usually spiritual direction, as I practice it, is done face-to-face. Face-to-face at Peniel. Face-to-face as Jacob met the messenger. Usually it's um, one-on-one, a one-on-one meeting, a one-on-one gathering. As Jacob said, I saw God's face and I did not die. I saw God's face and I was alive. So the goal of spiritual direction, both within and beyond it, is to come alive to what God has in store for you. So listen, the best way to do this is to practice it. So let's try it. I would just invite you to um, take a moment Take a breath if it's comfortable for you. Some of us, especially in these post-pandemic times, find breathing a little uncomfortable or challenging. So take a breath that is the depth that feels good for your body. And think about a decision that you have. Now, especially when we're in a group like this, and especially when I'm just springing this on you and you don't have any warning at all, it's really best to be gentle with yourself. So you might be deciding right now whether you're going to have a grilled cheese sandwich for lunch or a tuna fish sandwich for lunch. Or um, you might be deciding right now um, if you're going to stay where you are living or if you're going to move to a smaller apartment. So small decisions, big decisions. You might have, be making a decision that's pleasurable. Both tuna and grilled cheese, pretty good. Or you might be making a decision that's emotionally fraught. If I leave my house, I'll have more time and space and energy, but what will become of all that I have created here? Okay? So you can think about, and there's a wide spectrum of decisions that are before each one of us in this room. So think about a decision that you have that's coming up for you. It could be a decision that's in the, just, a, just takes a moment. It could be a decision that takes weeks or months of discerning. Do you have a decision in mind? Okay. So now, sometimes it helps to close your eyes. Other times it does not help to close your eyes. So you decide what's best for you. You can focus on the beautiful banner, on the elements of the table. the sky and the trees. 
Think about both of those decisions. Now, imagine yourself stepping one way. Grilled cheese. Where do you feel that in your body? What do you notice about how that decision feels to you? Do you feel it in your throat? Do you feel it in your heart? Do you feel it in your belly? Do you feel it in like your pelvis and your center? Pay attention. Now take a breath and set that decision down, however you need to. And imagine now making the other decision. Imagine now moving in the other direction. Tuna fish. How does that feel in your body? Where do you feel it? In your throat? In your chest? In your belly? In your core? Let yourself feel that decision. Now call on God's name. We sang this morning there are many names for God and you just use the name that works the best for you. Internally, silently, call on God's name. Say, God, show me the way that would be most faithful to you. Show me the way that would be most nourishing for me. Show me the way that would be the most justice-filled for my community and my world. This um, isn't a foolproof method. As you think about the decision, you maybe find yourself becoming more confused, not less, more able to see the benefits and the costs of both choices. And yet, if we practice this kind of careful, deep, gentle, compassionate discernment, knowing that each decision brings with it a different learning, a different knowing of God and of ourselves, but that no decision is wrong or incorrect. That's what it means to stand at Peniel. That's what it means to be ready to go in, to be ready to turn a corner and see a new thing in a new way to be ready to meet God face to face and to live. May it be so for us. Amen.
listen 